0: I uh, have a announcement it's out still just a little ways. Uh, I thought about it tonight whenever they were talking about the Alabama uh, youth worship. Uh, and that is on May the 14th. That's going to be on a Thursday night. Uh, the TBC uh, Chorale and choir uh, are going to be here. I want us to fill this church up, and uh, I think there's probably about, I don't know, 30 or so of them that will be here, and um, our, our Bible colleges are important, and and we need to support our Bible colleges, and so they will be here uh, on May the 14th on that Thursday night. So just follow that away uh, in your mind or your computer or your Google Calendar app, whatever it is that you use. And we'll start at 7 o'clock and just expect the Lord to touch our hearts here tonight. And I would, for those of you that are interested, I would like for you to send me a text. Brother Doug Walker preached a message this past Friday night conference out in California and um, I'm telling you I was watching it on the way home on YouTube uh, whenever I was in Montgomery teaching Purpose Institute and their time difference is about two hours and so I left up there about 10 o'clock a little bit after 10 and uh, right about the time that I was leaving uh, he was starting to preach and if you will send me a text I'll try to send you a link to that message it's about a three-hour service the preaching starts at about an hour and 24 minutes and now, if you want to watch all the stuff they do the singing and that sort of thing leading up to that but the message starts at about an hour and 24 minutes it was a very encouraging message and um, and when brother walker was here i I, um, appreciate his ministry appreciate brother wayne Naylor's ministry And uh, I'm going to do my best to get Bible preachers into this church. Uh, There is a famine in the land. Whether you're aware of that or not, I'm very aware that there is a famine of just solid scriptural preaching, and we need the Word of God in our lives. You you need the Word of God more than you need my personal experiences. You you need the Word of God more more than you need my opinions. You need Scripture. And uh, I want men that come to this church that preach the word. And um, this past week, I spent a pretty fair amount of time uh, watching a live stream for about three days uh, from, from a conference. And um, I heard somebody describe uh, somebody's golf game one time. And they said this. They said that that, guy's, that guy, when he plays golf... Uh, his handicap or how, whatever you call it that every time that he hits the ball it's usually long and hooks to the right and I thought that kind of describes my preaching it's long and it hooks to the right <laughs> y'all get that? I want it to keep hooking to the right maybe y'all don't want it to go as long but I want it to keep hooking to the right amen psalm 113 the bible says praise ye the lord praise O ye servants of the lord praise the name of the lord blessed be the name of the lord from this time forth and forever from the rising of the sun until the going down of the same the lord's name is to be praised the lord is high above all nations and his glory above the heavens, who is like unto the Lord our God, who dwelleth on high, who humbleth himself to behold the things that are in heaven and in the earth. He raiseth up the poor out of the dust, and lifteth the needy out of the dunghill, that he may set him with princes, even with the princes of his people. He maketh the barren woman to keep house and to be a joyful mother of children. Praise ye the Lord. And I want us to ask the Lord to touch our hearts. Simple title. And I hope simple message. Just praise the Lord. Amen. Let's ask the Lord to touch our hearts here tonight. Lord. I pray Jesus to not let this word sink into our lives. We, Lord, will will hear, Lord, of what you have done, God, for us. I pray, Lord, tonight, God, that that's an encouragement, Lord, to this church. Help us, God, never underestimate, Lord, what your Spirit and what the work of salvation, Lord, has done in our lives. I pray, Lord, tonight, God, that when we walk out, Lord, of this sanctuary, and that, Lord, that we will have treasured, Lord, what you have done in our hearts and in our spirits. I'm asking you, Lord, tonight, God, to let the Word help it, God, to be received, Lord, with meekness, that engrafted Word. I ask you, Lord, tonight, let the Word have free course. I pray Lord tonight, God, that this word, Lord, that it heals minds, Lord, that it touches hearts, that it builds lives, Jesus. I pray, Lord, that somehow, God, that some way, Lord, that when we meet here, that God, that when we are preaching your word, God, that there is nothing, Lord, that that can somehow, Lord, rival or even match. Lord what your word does and says in our lives help us Jesus tonight to embrace it Lord help us to read it help us to memorize it I pray Lord let the word come to our hearts God in the moments of trial in the moments Lord of temptation let your word come into our hearts and into our lives let it be a lamp unto our feet and a light Lord to my path I pray, Lord, tonight, God, let there be revelation and insight and wisdom, Lord, that comes, Lord, through your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Amen. Amen. The Lord is good. In Angers, France, in 1556, was a man whose name was uh, I guess the American way is that we would say that his name was was Jean Rebecca. Obviously you do not say it like that if you are French, but uh this man had his tongue forcibly cut out of his mouth. It was not because of a disease or some injury uh that had caused this to take place. It took place because Roman Catholic bishops there in France determined that uh, they were going to stop this man from singing. It was in those days that most of the songs that they came from uh, the scriptures, in fact you read uh, sometimes even in your Bible, you may see where it may not say that it is a psalm of David, but you may see where it says it is a psalter of David. That just means that it was a song. And and there were men that would write the psalms out and they would write them in their native French tongue. And and the, the common man would be able to get get gather and to get a copy of those uh, psalms and they would sing them there in that city there in France. There was something about it that as these men began to sing that there was some pretty deep-seated convictions that came out of their lives about uh the word of god that they had and and as those convictions came out about the word of god it also came out about the salvation of christ alone and and uh, those people said that they uh those roman catholic bishops obviously they wanted to add things to the matter of those frenchmen that were there in salvation and and uh, they would become uh, and very incensed and angry at these people whenever they would begin to present scripture. And history tells us that there was a number of those Protestants that they would kill them by various uh, means in that uh, particular time. There was a book that was written in 1905 and the title of that book was called The Psalms in Human Life. And it was written by a man by the name of Roland Prothero and he described the execution of this man by the name of Jean Raybeck. They said that what they did was they tied him uh, with a rope and they harnessed him up around his arms and they hung him up and suspended him above a huge fire, And while uh, they would set that fire, and that fire began to burn, they would lower him down into the fire, and then they would raise him up and pull him up out of the fire. And as they would raise him up, even though that there was an uh, inability that he had to sing because of his uh, tongue being removed from his mouth, there was still uh, words that were trying to be poured out of that man's spirit and that man's body and that there was even a a tune that would come and and, uh, one of the reasons that they cut the tongues out of those that they were executing was because that as these men would sing that uh, the, th- those that had gathered up around to see that execution, they would begin to gather in and, and they would sing those psalms while that those people were being burned there. And, and through the ages, you can look and you can know that there have been a, a lot of people that have turned to the psalms during times of duress and difficulty. And, and uh, for those of you here that are in. Involved in health care. There's been more times than 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 I can remember where that, uh, there would be people on their deathbeds, and the family would gather up, and somebody would stand at the foot of the bed, and most commonly they would read the psalm, the 23rd Psalm. But, but in history, we find that Psalm 23 and Psalm 84 would be read there at the foot of those family members that were dying. There were others that they would sing Psalms. Psalm 17, they would even sing Psalm 71 as they began to depart from uh, this life. They were words of encouragement that were given to those people that as they were making a transition from this life to move in to eternity, that there was encouragement and there was longings that were being expressed for heaven and they were words that came out that were born out of years of of worship and years of trial and and years of difficulty that would come to pass in those lives of those people. I I would dare say that, that all of us, that whenever we get ready to cross over the finish line, that there will be that same, or at least I hope there will be, that woven through your life, that there will be words of worship and there will be words of even prayer where that you think back to not Not only the victories, but you think back to the trials and the difficulties and the tribulations that the Lord brought you through in the work of Him providing salvation for uh, your life. And even on the cross, two of the seven sayings that the Lord cried out, Two of those came from the Psalms, Psalm 22, when the Lord said in Matthew 27 and 46, he said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That was directly out of Psalm 22. And then in Luke 23 and verse 46, the Bible says that Jesus said, Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. That comes from Psalm 31 and the Lord's last words that began to take shape there in his life was drawn out of his matter of understanding scripture now obviously the Lord uh, was indeed God and his recall of of scripture was obviously greater than what ours will be in our moments of death but it was a life that he had that was saturated by worship that had been stimulated by those songs because those psalms were woven into Jewish life into such a way so that whether the Lord heard them or whether he read those psalms or whether he memorized him, they were very close to his heart. And I want to encourage you here tonight to realize that in moments of difficulty and challenge in your life, to branch out your understanding of Scripture and get a hold of the Word of God so that it will be able to help you in those times of difficulty of your life. We're approaching Easter here in just a few weeks. It'll be here on April the 12th. And during that time, there is that part where that leading up to that, the, 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 what we celebrate is, is we're gonna celebrate the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. But, but that comes along where that whenever you look at the resurrection, you also have to understand that there was a crucifixion that was there. And as the part of it is, is that they were nearing the Passover season there. And and this psalm that I read to you here tonight, Psalm 113, what it does is it moves us to a place of, of really saying that the resurrection is important for every child of God and every Holy Ghost filled believer here in this sanctuary tonight these psalms here, Psalm 113 to Psalm 118 form what is called the Halil, which is a songbook sort uh, that you could say. And whenever you read about where that uh, Jesus, or that they celebrated the Passover, what they would do is they would sing Psalm 113 and 114. They would sing that before they ate the meal and then after they had eaten the meal they would push back from where they were and they would begin to sing Psalm 115 to Psalm 118. That's the hymn that most people believe that whenever you read in Matthew chapter 26 and verse 30, the Bible says, and when they had sung in hymn, they went out in to the Mount of Olives. And that is what Jesus and his disciples sang on that night while they were there around that Passover table. And I, I want to just tell you here tonight that, that I'm not telling you this because this is just some useless trivia that you need to file away somewhere in your mind. Here is what will take place, is the closer that you get to the Lord, you will start wanting to know what did he sing, and what did those disciples sing there at that last supper, where they were about to move into a very challenging moment of their lives, and they sang those psalms there. Those Psalms look back to that Passover and the Bible tells us in Exodus chapter 6, beginning in verse 6, it says, Wherefore, say unto the children of Israel, I am the Lord, and I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians, and I will rid you out of their bondage, and I will redeem you with a stretched out arm and with great judgment and I will take to me for a people." And I will be to you a God and you shall know that I am the Lord your God which bringeth you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. And if there's something about it then you read that Old Testament those verses there and and you begin to realize what the Lord has done for us as New Testament believers is what he has brought us out of and what he has pulled us away from. There ought to be in our hearts and in our spirits, a joy of salvation that comes up on the inside of us that we've learned, that our mouths that they open up in praise and they open up in worship. And as you say, I can't hardly keep my hands down. I'm gonna lift my hands because I know that the Lord has brought me out of a land of bondage. He has taken me out of a place where that there were harsh taskmasters of sin that once ruled my life and now there is an identity that I have because the Lord says in Exodus 6 and 7 I will take you to me for a people and I will be to you a God and you shall know that I am the Lord your God which bringeth you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians and you walk into a house on a Sunday night in March in Dothan Alabama and you start thinking about where the Lord brought you from and and what the Lord has done in your life for some of you it's only been two or three years but there's others that it's been 50 or 60 years ago that the Lord filled you with the Holy Ghost there ought to be something in your heart that says oh Lord I thank you and I praise you for where you brought me from and for what you have done in my heart and in my spirit When you look at these psalms here, Psalm 113, and I'll just kind of briefly run through these. The Lord is going to exalt the poor and the needy. Psalm 116, the Lord is going to save us from a physical death. Psalm 115, the Lord is going to rescue us from a spiritual death. And then in Psalm 118, the Lord shows that we can go through the gates of eternity into the very presence of the Christ and that will be a great day in your life whenever you burst through those gates. Oh, ye gates that I have come through and all of a sudden that you're standing there in front of a Savior that bought you with his blood, that defeated the devil, that helped you to make it through every difficulty and challenge in your life. Oh, hear me tonight, church. I'm talking about your salvation I'm talking about my salvation for what the Lord has done in my heart and he's done in my spirit as they sung that song on that Passover evening before the crucifixion the Lord did not see himself as a tragic victim he understood that this was a price tag that was going to be involved in the redemption of man and while the Lord was singing those songs with his disciples we can only wonder if he was once again trying to get through the veil of the human flesh and he was trying to get through to them to tell them to say come on men, I want you to connect up with what is taking place here in this moment of worship I can't be too critical about the blindness it was in their spiritual minds because more often than one I have sat right here in this church and even in the old church and I have to tell you that my mind has wandered here and there and it's gone fishing and, and gone to, to and shopping and it, it's driven around the circle and it's been to Disney World and it's been to who all wherever I, I've, I've done it sitting right here Brother Davidson sings that song about Joe going to Six Flags from right there on a pew there in a church and, and yet we have to realize that there's times that we ought to come in here and harness up our minds and say this is a worship service that I'm never going to get back again and I want to walk in here and make the most out of it I don't want it to be just another time where we come in here and say oh we had church I don't want it to be like that I want the Lord Jesus Christ to walk into my heart I want him to touch my spirit and I want the word of God to pierce my heart as only the word can do that and so we come away from Psalm 113 with this in mind we're to praise the Lord at all times And why should you praise the Lord? Because the Lord is in control of your life and he is also in control of your death as well, which means that he is literally in control of every bit of our destiny. I would say to preachers in our generation that want the health, wealth, and prosperity gospel to say that that the destiny of man is to be here and, and to live a comfortable life and to gain as much as he possibly can through the blessing of God, I would say that, that that attitude and that spirit has fallen so short really of what the Lord has determined our destiny to be because our destiny is in another world. It's not stuck to this world right here but the destiny that I have on the inside of me and on the inside of you has been born of water and it has born, been born of spirit and there is going to come a day. You hear me church, there's coming today your hands will be lifted up your heart will be engaged and you will worship the Lord Jesus Christ God almighty the mighty God in Christ oh I love you Oh, I love you, Jesus. I thank you, Lord, for your goodness and your spirit, Lord, in my life. Oh, I love you, Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, Jesus. If you have your Bible still open, I want to point out some things here to you. Look there in verse 1. Praise ye the Lord. You may have it in the margin of your Bible but that praise ye the Lord you can put in parentheses and just write out hallelujah praise oh ye servants of the Lord praise the name of the Lord blessed be the name of the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. from the rising of the sun unto the going down of the same the Lord's name is to be praised praise the Lord hallelujah is the lead off of that particular psalm that you find there those who are to praise the Lord who are are they? The Bible defines it for us there in that first verse. Do you see that? Praise, O ye servants of the Lord. Now we might go through a thought and we might start to think in our minds that, that who are the servants of the Lord? Are they a special breed of people? Are they the, the priest? Are they the temple attendants that we read about in Psalm 134 and 135? Or is it about Moses? Or is it about Joshua? Or is it about David? Or is it about the choir that served the temple? Are those the ones that are servants of the Lord? No, we have to look at it. The real matter is this, is it being a servant of the Lord is anyone that has a capacity to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. And it not is so much a place where that we shouldn't come to the place of thinking that it is a position it's not the place of a pastor or an apostle, an evangelist, or a prophet. And, and I forget the other one because I set them out of order that Paul talked about in Ephesians 4, the fourfold or the fivefold ministry, whichever you may hold to it. That, those are not worshipers. Uh, they may be a part of that. But when you walk in here in the house of the Lord, the worshipers are not just the people on the platform, but the people that are in the pew in the chairs that all through this church we are servants of the Lord and whether you sit on the front row or whether you sit on the back row there ought to be something in your heart that says I'm going to worship the Lord because here's what you have to understand that worship is not a position as much as it is an attitude that when you walk in here what are those that are worshipers or servants what do they look like they are those that walk in His ways. They keep His commandments. They love Him. They're seeking after Him. They are content to serve Him. That is the attitude that we ought to have as worshipers. I pray here tonight that there is spiritual maturity that has taken place in your life. That the longer that you're here and the longer that you live, that there is more of a depth of communion that you have with the Lord and that you only mention His name and then you begin to feel the peace that passes understanding. I know we can't control the circumstances of life that we sometimes have to face and we have to deal with. But hear me out. God's not controlled by my circumstances nor is God controlled by your circumstances and whatever pressures and stresses and challenges and fears and worries and anxieties that you have in your life, there ought to be something inside of you that says, oh, I want to be a worshiper. I want to be near to the Lord. I want my mind and my spirit to be awake and alive to the things that the Lord is saying. Now here's a part that you have to realize and understand that the one that is a servant of the Lord is the one that gives their heart and their soul and their mind to this matter of worship. It's not getting caught up in the emotion of a song. It's not being pulled in to an emotional or worked up state. It's not filling a position or a job in a local church. Worship is not going down a mental checklist and saying I've done this and done this and done that and done the other. I'm going to tell you what if you live your life in that way of trying to check all boxes you're never going to have a relationship with the Lord. You know why? Because you're never going to be good enough and you're never going to be good enough and here's what happens the devil wants you to fall in that trap. You know why? Because he wants to fill you up with self-righteousness he wants to fill me up with self-righteousness when and the Lord is not looking for that. He is looking for people that is willing to say, I'm after you, Lord, because I love you. I'm grateful. I'm thankful for your goodness that you have had in my life. A worshiper is somebody that is profoundly grateful for, for salvation. They're thankful for the hand of God that's working in the affairs of their life. And I, I have a book that's on my desk. And i I, I tell you what, I, I, I know that y'all sometimes think I preach too long. But, but I, I've got so much stuff I want to preach to y'all and tell you about. Because I know this, when somebody else is preaching to me, when I was listening to Brother Walker, the other night preach on the way home I'm, I'm, when I, I sent uh, the text or the, the link to Teresa and I said uh, uh, Brother Walker is about to come on and preach and so when I got home uh, he was almost done I walked in the house and, and uh, Teresa was there in the den and she was watching uh, Brother Walker preach but here's what takes place and this is why I believe in preaching is because when I'm listening to somebody else preach there is wisdom and sight and the Lord begin to turn on lights in my heart and in my spirit and I've got a book laying on my desk about Joseph and the title and that book is what God or what, uh, that that God means it for good every time that you are opposed in your life with the workings of sin and the devourer and the devil and the enemy wants to come in and destroy your life you need to get familiar with Genesis is 50 and 20 and that's this is it what they meant for evil Joseph said God means for good and so that work situation that family situation those circumstances at church wherever they may be listen to me if you are a spirit filled believer the Lord has your destiny in his hands and what does he want us to do when we're in the middle of all that is get your hands In the air and praise the Lord and say hallelujah. And it's more than just a worked up emotion, it's something that balls out of your heart and your spirit and says, Thank God that you've touched my life and worked in my heart. Oh, Jesus. Not only that, but a worshiper is one that fellowships with the Lord in prayer. A worshiper is one that desires to know the word of God. He's one that is somehow glad to be part of the kingdom of God. There's something else that I want to point out to you here tonight. And that's this. Look in verse 1. Psalm 113 calls us to praise the name of the Lord. Look there in verse 1. It says praise the name of the Lord look with me in verse 2 the Bible says there bless the name of the Lord and then look to verse 3 there it says the Lord's name is to be praised but there's something that stands out in this call for praise and brother Patterson mentioned it to you here this morning I want to point it out to you here again tonight Do do you see there in your Bible where that you see where that it talks about the Lord you see praise ye the Lord it's all ca- or all uppercase there it, and every time that we see Lord there in Psalm 113 that we find out that it is all capital all uppercase the word there is that we find is the word Yahweh or as some would understand it to be Jehovah the word is the proper name of God for Israel and so the writer of that Psalm is saying that, that you can understand that this Jehovah in the Old Testament is the Jehovah of the New. And I, I'm going to ask you guys up there to help me with the scriptures here tonight. I should have given you the list, but I, I want you to, to notice something here. Look with me in Matthew chapter 3 and verses 1 through 3. Here is what the Bible says. It says, In those days came John the Baptist preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, Repent ye for the kingdom of God. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he that was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah, saying, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord and make his path straight. Now who was John talking about? John was talking about the Lord Jesus Christ. Now I would like to point out to you Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 3. Matthew is quoting Isaiah John the Baptist rather is quoting what Isaiah had to say in Isaiah 40 and 3 the voice of him that crieth in the wilderness prepare ye the way of the Lord Jehovah make straight in the desert a highway for our God if you look at that in your Bible in Isaiah 40 and 3 you're going to find out that you see there that it's all cap it doesn't show it there on the screen there but in your Bible you will see that the word there Lord is it's all uppercase that just tells us one thing that whenever you get to the New Testament then that God that they understood in the Old Testament is Jehovah he was Jesus Christ in the New there is only one God there's not two of them there's not three of them there's not five of them there is only one God and Jesus is his name that's what he was saying that you worship Jehovah and you worship Jesus Jesus We've got to understand here tonight that it is the mighty God in Christ. But there's another reference that I would point out to you here tonight. That was in the book of Romans. Romans chapter 10 and look with me to verse 9. The Bible says there that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture saith, whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed or embarrassed for there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek for the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Paul was reaching back and he was quoting Joel out of the Old Testament. Look in Joel chapter 2 and verse 32. This is why that you need to read and to understand your Bible is more than just a motivational book or more than just a scripture here and there but in Joel chapter 2 and verse 32 it says and it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord L-O-R-D shall be delivered for in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem shall, shall be deliverance as the Lord had said and in the remnant who the Lord shall call Paul, and Paul gets to that New Testament scripture and he says I'm going to tell you something he said that our hope is in the Lord Jesus Christ and he uses again there that reference that tells us this that Jehovah in the old is Jesus in the new hear me tonight church we need apostolic doctrine in our generation that's why you need doctrine in the word or you need apostolic doctrine that is woven through our preaching because it does matter what you believe. Everybody's not just on some road and we're all going to end up in heaven. It matters what you believe. And we ought to know here tonight that Jehovah of the old is Jesus of the new. And then whenever I kneel down into an altar and I begin to say Jesus and I begin to cry out to him, that's the I am that you read about in Exodus and his salvation that he provided in the Old Testament. Oh, that's the God that is connected with me in my life and in my heart and in my spirit. He's the one that's going to save me. Brother Patterson's not going to save you. I'm not going to save you. This church is not going to save you. It is going to be the Lord Jesus Christ that is going to save you. But your confidence in your trust Trust in him. Call on the name of the Lord. You can call on the name of the Lord for salvation. You can call on the name of the Lord for healing. You can call on the name of the Lord for anything that you have need of in your life because the Lord hears knows that he draws near. Oh, Jesus. Oh, in the name of the Lord. I hope I'm not too loud. Where's Brother Don at? He got his iPad. He's somewhere. Y'all just keep it good and loud up here and don't make it so. There he is. Don't, don't let me get too loud. Am I too loud? All right. I feel loud up here, but that's good. Now let's look at one other place, two other places. Let's look at 45 other places. So no, just look at, just look at a couple of more. Look at what, what, what he says in Philippians chapter 2 and verse 9. Wherefore God hath also hath highly exalted him and, and given him a name which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow things in heaven and things in the earth and things under the earth and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. What, what is Paul doing? He's reaching back to Isaiah. Look in Isaiah chapter 45 and verse 21. The Bible says, tell ye and bring them near. Yea, let them take counsel together. Who had declared this thing from the ancient time and who had told it from that time? Have not I the Lord? And there is no God else beside me, a just God and a Savior. There is none beside me. Look unto me and be saved all the ends of the earth for I am God and there is none else I have sworn by myself the word is gone out of my mouth in righteousness and shall not return that unto me every knee should bow and every tongue shall swear now turn back with me for a moment and look in Philippians chapter 2 and look in verse 10 that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow a theme in heaven who is that that's demons that's angels that's those that are in that battle up above us he's saying I'm going to tell you what the things above you the things in the earth what does that mean that means that the wicked and the vile and even the righteous that are in the earth at that moment and then he says those that are under the earth what is he speaking of he's talking about those that are dead then that have already gone to their deaths and Paul comes along and said there's coming a day when every one of them are gonna bow down and they're gonna kneel down and they're gonna confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. That means the angels. That means the church. That means the godly. I pray that is all of us here tonight. But it also means the devil. It means every demon that has ever troubled us. Then they are gonna be down on their knees and they are gonna worship The Christus Victor, the one that is that came out of the grave. They put him on a cross, but the Bible tells us that after three days he came out of that cross. That's the Lord I'm trying to tell you about here tonight. That we ought to be praising because the Lord has done so much for every single one of us. Oh, Jesus. Oh, my Lord Jesus. Oh, I worship you, Lord Jesus. Oh, I worship you. Oh, I worship you, Lord Jesus Christ. And this is the last one that I would point out to you. It's in 1 Peter chapter 3. First Peter chapter 3 and, and verse 13. <coughs> The Bible says, and, and who is he that will harm you if ye be followers of that which is good? but and if ye suffer for righteousness sake happy are ye and be not afraid for their terror remember he's writing to a persecuted church he starts out in in 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 1 and he starts talking about all those people that are scattered there and he says I don't want you to be afraid of their terror and be troubled don't be worried about the coronavirus it's 100 miles from here did y'all know that? Santa Rosa County down south of here we got the coronavirus virus a hundred miles from us but you ought not to fear that the Lord's got everything in his hand we are the church we are the redeemed we are the blood bought we are the spirit filled and nothing is going to be able to hinder you he says but sanctify the Lord God in your hearts you see what he's saying he's saying don't look at the trouble down here and around you but you sanctify the Lord God in your heart and you be ready always to give an answer to every man, that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and with fear. What, what in the world is, is Peter doing? He's reaching back to Isaiah chapter 8. And in Isaiah chapter 8, and verse 12, here's what Isaiah says. Say ye not a confederacy all them to whom this people shall say a confederacy neither fear ye their fear nor be afraid sanctify the Lord of hosts Jehovah sanctify the Jehovah of hosts himself and let him be your fear and let him be your dread and then what does Peter do Peter comes along he says you sanctify the Lord God you sanctify Jesus Christ because that one that I Isaiah was talking about in the Old Testament that was the commander, that was the general. That's the same one that you're worshiping in this generation. Don't worry about what's going on around you but look on the inside of your heart and sanctify your heart and your spirit and say, oh Lord, help me to be holy That psalm gives us clear directions about what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to praise his name. We're supposed to bless his name and that ought to be even more crucial for every one of us here tonight because Romans chapter 6 and verse 4 says, therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father even so we also should walk in newness of life. Colossians chapter 2 and verse 12, buried with him in baptism where and also, ye are risen with him through the faith and the operation of God who hath raised him from the dead. When Brother Patterson baptized me, 30, 40 years ago now or more than that for more than 40 years ago now then whenever he baptized me at 7 years of age I had no idea all the theological ins and outs of what was taking place in my life I didn't know that I was being baptized by the into the name of Jesus and that the Lord was putting his mark on my life but as I've gotten older and understand the theological implications about baptism and what it means in my life that we can be buried with him in baptism because there's coming a day that the spirit that's on the inside of me is gonna resurrect me just like it did the Lord Jesus Christ and it is the spirit of Christ that is working on the inside of me. And then look in verses four through nine. That was a long introduction, and the rest of it won't be quite that long. I've only been preaching for 41 minutes. But look with me to verse 4. Psalm 113, The Lord is high above all nations, and His glory above the heavens. Who is like unto the Lord our God, who dwelleth on high? who humbleth himself to behold the things that are in heaven and in earth. He raiseth up the poor out of the dust and he lifteth up the needy out of the dunghill that he may set him with princes even with the princes of his people. He maketh the barren woman to keep the house and to be the joyful mother of children. Praise ye the Lord. There's a call to praise. And then what the psalmist does, he said, I'm gonna tell you what, Now I've called you to praise. Now I'm going to show you why that you ought to praise. Notice what else. Again, you look at that word Lord. It's all uppercase. The Lord is exalted in these verses. The Bible says he's high above all nations. That means he's above Vladimir Putin. That means he's above the Ayatollah Khamenei. That means he's above President Trump that means any worldly leader that you find that Jesus Christ that he is above him not only that then there is glory that he has above the heavens it doesn't matter how high NASA may send a rocket or it doesn't matter where the space station may land or where some uh, satellite may go off to or some telescope that it may go that we understand that God is even out there above the heavens and then the Bible tells us that he dwelleth on high, there is nothing that can supersede the power and the majesty of the Lord Jesus Christ he is higher, he is greater, he is more magnificent than anything that this world even has to offer here that's why whenever we gather in to worship or we come into places of private prayer and worship that we move in and out of the presence of the greatness of God. Did you know this? That you're going to take this spirit home with you tonight while you're asleep. That spirit's going to be there in your house. When you get up in the morning to drive to work or drive to school or wherever you may go, the Lord is going to be there. He's going to be with our children. He's going to be with our grandchildren. He's going to be with our great-grandchildren. He's going to be with my brother-in-law and sister-in-law across the, wor- the world. He's going to be over there with my nephew and my niece over across the world but he's also going to be right down the street with you right here in Dothan, Alabama now how in the world can that happen because there is a God and he is greater and he is everywhere and you have no need to fear of what God there's nothing that catches God off guard man. So, so now I have to ask you this question. If that's the case with God, can you see the need for personal holiness whenever you are approaching a God like that? Can you see that? Can you see, we make a big deal. It's like, oh, Brother Harrelson, you make such a big deal out of holiness. Oh, no, I don't. I don't make a big enough deal about holiness because here's what I'm telling you is that whenever you walk in to the presence of the Lord that God (laughs) that God looks into my heart And I can be externally clean. I can be dressed right. I can be cleaned up as we would say as we have our apostolic standards. But on the inside, I can be a white, washed sepulcher. I can be like one of those Pharisees that the cup is outside, is clean. But on the inside, there's a putrid mess. And we have to realize that when we get in the presence of the Lord, that every bit of our attitudes... And our jealousies and our rivalries and our grudges and our jealousies and all of those things that pull at our heart. How can I take those things into the presence of the Lord? That's why repentance is necessary every day of your life that you say, oh Lord, you gotta get this stuff out of me. You gotta pull this out of me because I know I'm gonna be in your presence today. You are going to be in my life today and I don't wanna let any anything stop off that flow of the spirit (laughs) I don't remember which one of you ladies it was but last weekend when you was testifying about I don't know if one of the speakers said it or or the Lord talked to you about about that I think it was Sister Regina Worley uh, about the pipes that they they got where it was just a, a small amount that was trickling out hear me church there's something to that there, there is something to that and there's times where that your personal holiness and what you have going on in your life that it can impede and it can hinder the flow of the spirit It can can hinder the word as it's being preached. It can hinder the word while you're trying to read it. That's why, again, we can't make too big of a deal about personal holiness. Isaiah chapter 6, that old prophet, the Bible says, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord high and lifted up. And whenever he was high and lifted up, then I have to ask myself this question how is it? <laughs> how do I treat you as brothers and sisters? How do you treat me as a brother? <laughs> that, that filters down even into my family. My, how do I treat my wife? And how do I treat my children? And, and how do I interact with my parents? And how do I interact with my father-in-law? How do I interact with Brother Davidson who is our district superintendent and Brother Roberts, our district secretary and all those men that sit on that district board Brother Craft, Brother Cheryl Brother Brasida, Brother Bertram, Brother Traywick, Brother Anderson, Brother Bozeman How do I interact Brother Craft, how do I interact with those men because here's what happens if you have a lack of holiness in your life, it Moves into those relationships by the same token. Hear me out. We live in a treacherous, treacherous world. And uh, Justin told me something. I, I forgive me for for using this reference, but but his uh, nephew by marriage, uh, Richie, uh, came over last Saturday and was right. Run, went on a run with Justin and and listen and, and Nate. And, uh, and he told Justin he said when I go to school he said I have to turn my airdrop off on my phone he said because there are, are girls that will send me pictures and they will send me things that, that is not good I, I think he's 13 years old and, and I look at that and I think it's like these kids have got rattlesnakes that are in their hands and somewhere along the way kids hear me out that if you get involved in that if you get involved in vaping if you get involved in pornography, if you get involved in watching things on Netflix and on Amazon Prime or wherever else you get it, hear me out. It's going to hinder and impede the work and the flow of the Holy Ghost when it comes into your life. And I want to plead with you here tonight that we've got to get those things unstopped so that when we come into the presence of the Lord that he has free flow in my life. That he has free flow in my life. But Psalm 15 also gives me another picture of holiness. Who may worship this is out of the new living translation who may worship in your sanctuary lord who may enter your presence on your holy hill and then david answers those that lead blameless lives and do what is right speaking the truth from sincere hearts those who refuse to gossip or harm their neighbors or speak evil of their friends those who despise flagrant sinners and honor the faithful followers of the lord and keep their promises even when it hurts and those who lend money without charging interest and who cannot be bribed to lie about the about the innocent Such people will stand forever. Holiness of life, holiness of heart, it matters in your relationship with God whenever you are given to praise. But hear me out tonight. This exalted God, he stoops down. He reaches down. He reaches down amidst dirty, filthy sinners. Look back to verse 7 in Psalm 113. And here's what the Bible says. He pulls the poor out of the dust. He takes the needy out of the ash heap, out of the garbage dump. And then he sets them up with princes. Do you gather that in here tonight? that the Lord, Brother Robert, 45 years ago, reached into the Drop Inn, which was a bar here in the city, and pulled Robert Redden out of that. And he pulled Pat Redden, not out of that, but, but in that family. Others of you here tonight, I could go down the roads, and, and the Lord pulled you out of some garbage dump. He pulled you out of some ash heap. He, he pulled you out. And so what I'm pleading with you to do tonight is to praise ye the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. For when you were yet without strength in due time, Christ, he died for the ungodly. That's Romans 5 and 6. In Ephesians 2, in verse 1, And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sin, wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we had our conversation in time past, in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind. And we're by nature the children of wrath, even as others. But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ by grace. Are you saved? There's a psalm book over there, Dad. Get find that hymn for me came to me while I was preaching about salvation being brought down because here's what here's what this psalm is talking about it says that those that are barren what's he going to do with them he's going to make them fruitful what's he going to do with their lives been a long time since Brother Paul Miller told me his story, but it was sometime in the late '80s, early '90s that the Lord reached down and and pulled him out of wherever he was at and filled him with the Spirit. I remember it's been 25 years ago now. Me and Brother Mills, we rode a hundred kilometers for she's for Christ, and at some point while just me and him riding those bicycles. That we stopped and Brother Meal started talking to me about where the Lord brought him from. There's some of you here tonight. I know your stories. I know where the Lord has brought you out of. He pulled you out of a place and he set you among the princes he set you in a place where you're now no longer in a place of poverty he pulled you out of the dung heap. he pulled you out of the ash heap and whenever we walk in here into this church there ought to be something on the inside brother John you've told me where the Lord brought you from brother Joe Freeman I know where the Lord brought you from I know where the Lord brought all the Cooper girls from I know where the Lord brought a lot of you from here tonight and there ought to be something in us. Our hearts and in our spirits that we say I have got to praise the Lord in holiness I've got to praise the Lord for what he's done for me because this God that is above the heavens that is greater than the nations what did he do? He stepped down and salvation has been brought down Brandon can you bring me that, that song book I want to read this hymn to you. Why don't we stand here tonight? This is an old hymn written by Albert Brumbly. And this is what it says. Salvation has been brought down, page 308. Jesus gave his life a ransom yonder on Calvary. On Mount Calvary, cruel Calvary, he paved the way by blood that we might win a bright shining crown. Praise his holy name Salvation has been brought down All along without a friend He suffered to pay it all Yes he paid it all Jesus paid it all In his blessed promises Sweet victory can be found Praise his holy name Salvation has been brought down There's a blessed home Prepared way over in glory land in bright glory land blessed glory land I have trusted in his love and now I am heaven bound praise the Lord salvation it has been brought down let's just worship the Lord here would you open your mouth up and just begin to worship the Lord